Okay, we are live, and this is a special one for me. My seven, eight, nine, ten year old self is just uh, so excited about this because I have Grandmaster Daryl Vidal here on the Edlow podcast. Uh, so, so what, do I, what do I call you? Do I call you Grandmaster? Do I call you Mr. No, Vidal? No, you can just call me Daryl. Yeah, All right. Like, the whole okay. Grandmaster thing is something that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, well, I'm a 10th degree, so it's you know it's there, but I, I would never expect anybody to call me that. Uh, okay. Some people say GM, but you know Sensei <laughs> is fine. But you know we're, right we're not, you're not my student, so Daryl is fine. <laughs> not, not yet. No. Uh, <laughs> so um, well, you know, as I, I we talked briefly before we we started on air. Um, I have to say, when I was a kid and I watched The Karate Kid the first time, I've, I've watched it hundreds of times now, and uh, I'm a huge fan. And when I, I watched the All Valley the first time, I remember your fights specifically. Other than, you know, the main characters and the Cobra Kai and Daniel LaRusso, your fights were the only ones that were actually portrayed. And I remember the first fight is you against this heavy set Cobra Kai guy, and then in it was apparent to me, even as a kid, that you were a legitimate martial artist, and whereas everybody else was an actor. And um, and so, in fact, when you lost to Johnny, I remember thinking as a kid, I'm like, that guy should have mopped the floor with him. <laughs> and I'm uh, sure you... I, I appreciate that. And yeah, thank you. But uh, it, it is pretty clear, you know, when you train, uh, and then you have other people who don't train. You know, I always said it's kind of funny to watch non-karate people do karate uh, uh -huh. because they don't know what they're doing. And so, you know, people are telling them, oh, do this, do that. And we're going to choreograph this fight scene with, you know, and then so they don't have, you know, a lot of that natural, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the interaction that, you know, that comes from, you know, sparring with people or, uh, you know, uh, interactor interacting with them and you know actors they, they can't spar because they don't want to risk getting hurt so right uh, they're, they're actually not allowed to yeah well well it's funny because i know um i mentioned off air you know i do i do pro wrestling and there's yeah. always there's always a guy who will come into a wrestling school and be like i was trained by this guy or that guy they're like oh, okay and then they get in the ring and within 30 seconds you're like this guy doesn't know what he's doing Right. right. And I got to imagine there's a lot of fake black belts out there. Oh, that, well, yeah. <laughs> you probably, Just you probably, could, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can tell, I'm sure really quickly who's, who's legit and who's not. And so, well, I mean, it's funny because, you know, now that you mention it like that, I, I, I can't say I, I know a lot of fake black belts. I mean, I, I joke that you could see them on YouTube, but you know, the people that I tend to run into, you know, either they own their own studio uh, or they've been training for years and years, and that's why I know them. So I, I think I know more legit martial artists than I do, you know, fake martial artists, uh, although we know that they're out there. Uh, I mean, there, and there's so many, you know, studios on every corner that, uh, you know, it, it's, all, it's probably obvious to question some of them to, to be a little skeptical, skeptical but... You know, I yeah. try not to uh, not to cop an attitude about other people uh, and just let them uh, do what they do, right? 
Well, that's probably a healthier way to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so now if you're, you're a 10th degree Kenpo black belt. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you also cross trained, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've cross trained with a lot of stuff, but uh, most of my um, other training is either in, in Filipino stick fighting. Um, I wrestled too. I wrestled in, in high school. So that's just, you know, straight up regular old uh, wrestling. And then I boxed for three years uh, in, in that same time frame. So that, that's kind of like my different uh, flavors. And then Wing Chun, I studied Wing Chun with a couple of different people. So, wow. Now, um, what was it that drew you to martial arts? Um, well, I think as a little skinny little kid, you know, growing up around mostly white neighborhood, you know, you're, you're that, you're that Asian. Well, first of all, I'm only Asian. So I think, I think right. back then, if you're Asian, you're supposed to do martial arts, right? <laughs> at least, at least that's what everybody thought. You know, they would say, Hey, do you know karate? Yeah. <laughs> well, I better, I better fulfill this, this uh, stereotype, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I was also a skinny little kid, but I was very flexible. And and after, you know, working out and training with, you know, people, uh, I had a good, I had an affinity to it. You know, I was flexible, mm-hmm. I could kick, uh, I could do the moves. Uh, and, but, you know, you're, you're a small person, so you don't tend to, you know, gravitate to other sports. You know, I wasn't going to be a basketball player or a, you know, football player, so you got to kind of find your niche, right? What wrestling is a good place to, to do that. And obviously boxing has weight classes. So, uh, so those are all the, the things that kind of, uh, are attractive to, to little people. Yeah. Well, well, that's interesting. You know, um, one of the things I, I always loved about wrestling and, and I think it's probably the same in martial arts is I played basketball too. I mean, you can't see it on the video, but I'm six foot seven, you know? So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. So I played basketball too. But with basketball, it's a team sport, and there's something for that. There's definitely things that you can learn oh, from yeah. team sports, but there's something about wrestling and MMA martial arts where it's just you, and it's it's all you against one other person. And there's something to be said about about that and learn the lessons you learn from that. And I mean, you are a wrestler, so you understand it. I mean, that's some of the sure. most grueling stuff sure. in the world. And so, um, but. It, what what year what age were you when you started with martial arts um probably about 10 or 11 uh informally with with my brother and some neighbors uh and then uh more formally i think i was 12 and i started with my instructor okay who's, and what was your, what was your instructor what, who joe was your rosas. instructor oh okay joe, yeah joe rosas uh, he's still my instructor, uh, and so he, all my degrees, you know, over the years, I, I, I got my black belt in 81, uh, so that was, uh, what, three years before we filmed the Karate Kid, so by the time we got to, uh, I was in, uh, the, we were filming the movie, I had attained my second dawn, uh, and then, you know, for our, for our system, it's basically continued teaching and training every four years or so, you can get another ranking just to, uh, you know, to uh, facilitate the ranking for all the people coming up behind you. Uh, so. Wow. So, so if someone's going to get, and I know it's different in every martial art, yeah. but for Kenpo, how long does it take to get a black belt? Uh, for our system, it's, 
average five to seven years. If okay. you start as an adult, you can kind of finish it in five. But if you start as a kid, you know, we have you take it a little bit longer. So if you're seven years old when you get started and it takes you seven years, you'll be about 15 when you test. So you want, we want you to, you know, to be kind of near adulthood, you know, where your, your body is there, where you can, uh, you know, kind of, kind of fight for your, for your survival a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the Kempo, is there a specific reason why you chose Kempo karate at that time? No, it was, it was the style of my instructor. You know, it was mm -hmm. like, Oh, here's, here's the parks and rec karate. Uh, and it happens to be Kempo. So that's what I'm studying more or less got it okay and uh you know I, I have to ask this because i know when i was a kid i mean i was pretty rough and tumble i liked i liked sure. to wrestle around and, and mess with people and, especially at six seven you're just, right it was a lot wrestling. easier <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're just trying to take people toss them aside like this yeah it was it was a lot easier when you're this size but um but you know with this it's so funny because i remember as a kid like everyone every studio you went to it was taekwondo karate but then with the with this with mma on the rise now everything is jujitsu muay thai right. do you do you think that um if if mma was as prevalent back when you were coming up do you think you would have been more interested in some of those other traditions um you know it's, it's a good question and and remember that i don't know how much you know about bruce lee but Bruce Lee cross-trained, you know, he did Kung Fu and then he boxed, you know, Western boxing He had grappling and, you know, other, other arts. And then he developed his own system called Jeet Kune Do, uh, which really is one of the precursors of MMA because his philosophy in, in developing Jeet Kune Do was whatever works, you know, mm -hmm. you know, he'll, you know, he used boxing and kick, kicking and takedowns and grappling and whatever he, you know, he tried to, to bring it all together. So, you know, a lot of people agree that, you know, Jeet Kune Do was one of the early uh, concepts of MMA, but I don't think he, you know, had the, all the training in, you know, the, the, the Brazilian style jiu-jitsu, which is, you know, all the ground fighting and, uh, and, and, and some of that, that he brought to it, but, you know. Uh, so to answer your question, um, I, th I think, you know, back then my thing was, you know, focus on what I was doing, which is which, uh, Kempo and then kind of branch out like Bruce Lee did because he was, you know, my hero uh, mm. and he boxed and, he, you know, he wrestled and he did Wing Chun. So that's kind of what I did. Uh, and mm -hmm. then stick fighting, Filipino stick fighting was kind of something uh, was always around me in our family. So. Uh, you know, it's something that I gravitate towards and, and continue to train in. So, you know, all those different factors are easy to meld together, if you will, mm. uh, and then and become like your own, it, its own thing. But uh, yeah. So I, I know a lot of people my age in particular, when uh, especially a lot of the wrestlers, they've cross trained in different martial arts too. And, and they, they always say, they're like, man, I wish, I wish MMA was around because I would have liked to have tried it. Was that something that you think that you would have tried? I mean, you did tournament fighting, right? So yeah, I did. Something. I did tournament fighting, and I had a couple of boxing matches. Um, I, th I think I would. I, I mean, yes. The answer is yes because um, the reason I started boxing was so I could get into kickboxing, mm -hmm. uh, and then you know to make an attempt to compete in that, uh, and that didn't really go anywhere because I didn't have 
any place to do it, you know. So mm-hmm. I boxed, and we had a boxing uh, club there in, in in my hometown, and but there was no channel to get into kickboxing. You know, I had to kind of get in, go to L.A. if you, you know, to get that level of competition. So that was what I was trying to do, but then. Uh, you know, Karate Kid happened, and then life happened, and, you know, work happened, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, realistically, you don't think about that t- that level of training if you're also working a full-time job, you know. Right. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, that was... I mean, you know, you know, like anybody, that how sore you are after, yeah. especially with what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, right? I mean, for me, when I was wrestling, you know, I, I did it for that year, 18 to 19. And then I went on my mission and my thought in my head was that, yeah, you know, I'm going to come back after two years. I'm going to get right back into it. But then you go to school and then you're working and you're trying to get a life together. You start having kids, you start doing those yeah, things. And then you're exactly. like, the next thing you know, 10, 15 years have passed. And you're like, well, that was that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I so, know. It, it just flies by. So right. you know, whatever, what all, all those grand plans, you know, they, they if you don't stick with them, then. Yeah. Guys, so yeah. I, I understand. Well, um, maybe you could talk about what is, what has uh, Kenpo and martial arts in general meant to your life? Uh, I mean, it's a great question, and it, it's hard to separate the two because I really don't know a life without training, right? Because I started when I was young. As soon as I got my black belt, I started teaching with my instructor. As soon as I moved away from him, I started uh, my own dojo here through the Parks and Rec. So really all my life I've been training. Uh, But uh, I do recognize that, um, you know, there's an impact. There's a community Mm -hmm. impact, right? All the people, all the students. uh, And you get to to see, you know, you get the sense of, uh, having touched all these people and, you know, not only touched them, but punched them in the face probably too. <laughs> but, but also, you know, the discipline that they learn and the fact that they are following, you know, the, the curriculum and learning about, you know, the system that I passed down from my instructor and was passed down from his instructor. I think that that is something to, uh, you know, be proud of and to recognize and, and to want to continue, you know, so at this point in my, in my life and my career, my, you know, questions are starting about when, when does this end? Right. Do I, right. do I continue doing it until I fall over? I mean, my instructor is still, I mean, mostly retired, but he still goes to class every now and then and, and helps teach. And so, you know, he's another 15 years older than I am. So. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And so um, if someone was thinking about getting into martial arts now, uh, why would you recommend Kempo? Kempo is known as the medium style. You know, it's kind of like in the middle. It's not all soft and flowy like Kung Fu, and it's not so hard and rigid like, you know, some s- systems of the Japanese systems and Okinawan systems. So it, it's a good middle ground. Uh, and then the way that we train, it's also a good middle ground between, you know, you know traditional structure and hard discipline and old school training uh and uh, and and then between the mcdojos that are playing games and jump rope and hula hoop and all those things so we're 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 soundly in the middle you know we have a, mm-hmm. a strong discipline 
we 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 uh, recognize the, the lineage, but we're not tied to it, you know. So, but and, and and so we want we want people to explore and and understand it, but also you know work with their own challenges and deficiencies and and adapt and 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 you know ultimately learn a life lesson about you know persistence and and effort and and you know sticking with something for a for a uh, for for a goal if you will yeah yeah i mean there's something to be said about delayed gratification and um and, and working towards goals like that i i personally have found in my life i've i have found i think in, i'm more of a person that enjoys the the journey in attaining more than getting the goal you know like oh, i'll absolutely. get you know, I'll get I'll get something, and I'll be like, "Well, now what? <laughs> you know, yeah. now what do I do?" Um, and so uh, now here here's a question to kind of tie into your your Karate Kid universe. So, sure, we if you watch Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. Miyagi Do Karate is for defense only. Cobra Kai is strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Where does exactly. Daryl Vidal fall on that spectrum? Well, uh, you know, I've been asked this question before, and, and it's a good question because, you know, on the one hand, uh, especially before Cobra Kai, the, the whole idea of, you know, Miyagi-Do is, is, is only defense, it, to me, is like, I guess it's a little bit, um, I don't want to call it corny, but uh, it, uh, what's to say, it's a little ambitious, right? There's if you're if you're living the life uh, you're studying martial arts it can't always be defensive and and then uh the way that i practice that we train and teach is is offensive you know if the fact that you're standing in front of somebody's in a fighting stance means that i better take the initiative so mm-hmm. the, the way that we train in sparring is you know first one off is probably going to score you know the guy who's moving forward and striking is probably going to be dominating you know the guy who controls the tempo and the range is going to be in control of the fight so i try to you know instill this this very aggressive and uh be first type of attitude when when we're strike when we're uh sparring uh, and then even in our training we try to keep our training you know a lot of calisthenics a lot of you know kicking and punching and striking and uh you know and and then uh <clears throat> you know, trying to stick to some of the, a lot of the old school stuff. So I think uh, a, a lot of the way of the, you know, like Kempo means way of the fist or law of the fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, there is a balance, you know, on the one hand, we're not so aggressive that we're going after people on the street, right? I'm going right. to, uh, I'm not going to be like that. In fact, um, you know, this as well, especially being six, seven is that, you know, having those type of skills makes you more passive, you know, less aggressive. And, yeah. and that's the way that, that we tend to be is after you train a little bit, you know, it's like, oh, you know, don't mess around with me. I don't want to be silly with you. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you tend to, to kind of sit back and, and let things watch, watch things happen and let things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of the Miyagi-Do versus Cobra Kai, it's in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Miyagi-Do is is a good uh way to live your life whereas cobra kai is a way to spar and fight <laughs> yeah well and that's and that's kind of what i it's kind of what i've i've thought especially as cobra kai has shown you know what i love about the cobra kai series is it shows you the flip side it, it you know uh, 
the Karate Kid is shown from the perspective of Daniel LaRusso, but Cobra Kai right. is shown from the perspective of Johnny. And when exactly. you see that, you go, okay, like there is a time when that is that that is necessary. It's almost a, like a you don't want to be the one to start the fight, but if you're the one who's in the fight, you got to finish it. Exactly. And exactly. and so and that's what's uh, what I've noticed. You know, over my over my life, I've had a few scuffles here and there. And and when you have them, you know, it's scuffles funny. with someone six seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say, this is funny. If you ever go, like, I love live music, and you know, you go to bars and things like that. And what's funny about being my size is when you when you show up at a bar and people start drinking. There's always a guy, and I could pick him out at probably nine o'clock. There's a guy who, when he gets a little liquid courage, he goes after the biggest guy in the room. Wow. I and, don't know who those big guys are, but <laughs> and so I, I've had. There's been a couple of times, and it, 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 some of my friends have noticed because just being my size, you walk into the room and people notice you, right? right. And so there's always somebody who comes out to me and says, "How tall are you? Did you play basketball?" You know, I I always tell right. it, but I can pick the ones out. They're usually the ones who are real handsy and aggressive, you know. And I go, "Oh boy, you know, I got to watch this guy because if he yeah. you know, around eleven o'clock, he's going to start messing with people and." <clears throat> And so, uh, but yeah, I remember one time this guy, he just wouldn't stop. And I was like, do you have a death wish? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand like what you're doing. Cause he was like five foot six, you know what I mean? Oh, just, yeah. And so, um, but, uh, but yeah, I've noticed though, that it's funny because those guys, they always want to push, but then they're surprised if you throw something, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, well, they're not ready for that, you know? And so it's, yeah. it's liquid it's courage is not a good, uh, a substitute for training and you know and really working out so it's one yeah. thing if you tra train and work out and then have some liquid courage but if you don't and then get some liquid courage right <laughs> yeah right, right. A formula for success well, well and it's always fun too to watch because like i said i've been around a bunch of guys who do this and it's fun to watch people who think they're tough but don't really know how to fight and when they come up against somebody who like you who who knows? I mean, you've been a boxer, a wrestler, you're a 10-3 black belt. You know your your stuff. Real easy to to stop a guy who doesn't know what he's doing if you know what you're doing. So um it can but, be. It can be, right? But you know, someone can always steal on you, right? Or you know, mm -hmm. catch you catch you from behind. So no, that's be a wary. Good, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, so tell me, how did you come to be a part of Karate Kid? Okay, that's a good good. So it's actually why well, I call it a true Hollywood story because um, I, you know, as I started coming up through the ranks, I was competing a lot uh, and uh, I could do all those kicks, all those kicks that you see in the movie. I actually would compete with the kata. You know what a kata is, right? When you're mm -hmm. doing a demonstration by yourself. Well, that's a whole class of competition in, in, in tournaments. And I had created this kata that had, Basically, every kick that you see me do in the Karate Kid was in this kata. You know, oh, I would nice. go, I would do this jump kick, I would do this spin kick, and then fall down and do this kick, and then those those windmill kicks. And then the whole idea was, you know, show off my talent on the off chance that, you know, somebody sees me, you know, I'll be the next Bruce Lee, you know, because I am in L.A., right? So, right. Well, well, sure enough, I'm in L.A., and I'm doing that kata, and director comes up to me who was the director of uh, Rocky, right? John mm -hmm. Evanson. I didn't know yeah. him at the time. And he said, and he basically says, how'd you like to be in a movie? Of course. Yeah. I want to be in a movie. Yeah. Be the next Bruce Lee. So that's, 
that's how it happened. And then, uh, you know, there was there was no audition or anything per se. That was the audition. They invited me back, and the next thing I know, I'm in the rehearsal. You know, in whatever Columbia Pictures are over there in Burbank, and meeting guys like you know Pat Johnson and Jerry Weintraub, and uh, yeah. you know the director and the writer. So yeah, it just kind of thrust into into the whole thing in a matter of days. Man, that's crazy. And it's funny you bring up that connection to Rocky because that's my that's actually my favorite movie of all time is Rocky that series. And uh and then and then the Karate Kid series is right there with it. And did, so did you know they were the same director? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and who was the same director and then and then not only that but another fun story. I don't know if you heard, you know the story about maybe you do about the best that's that theme song the best around was originally yeah. supposed to go to rocky three that's <laughs> you right know? i do know that yeah 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 and so uh that's just a fun interesting thing how they choose that eye of the tiger and now this move this song is synonymous with the karate kid right I, right I couldn't even imagine it being in rocky you know i mean just so surprising so so you meet everybody and then uh so what i mean you meet everybody in, is, how long is it before you start shooting um, you know, it's uh, it's a few months. Uh, we start to meet everybody and meet all the Cobra Kai guys, and we're doing rehearsals. So you know, I don't you, I don't know a lot about movie production, but obviously you're rehearsing the whole movie in the weeks and months before they actually start shooting. So this is the summer of '83 uh, that I I get pulled into uh, the rehearsal halls, and we spent several weeks. Uh, where I would train with the karate, with the Cobra Kai guys uh, in the afternoon, uh, almost or every day for several weeks. So that they were actually like in class training. Uh, mm. But since I was a black belt, I would kind of get involved with, you know, some of the other teaching uh, aspect. But that was really all Pat Johnson, you know, treating, teaching them the Cobra Kai system. Mm. Uh, but in the morning, he would work with Ralph and Pat and they would do their, you know, the Miyagi-Do style system and training. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's how that went. And that, excuse me, we took a break for a while. And then uh, filming started in October. Uh, and so like the beach scene and the soccer scene that you could see that was in, uh, you know, in Malibu in October. So those were, you know, waves coming in, Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, getting a little cold, but, uh, that's what, that was in October. And then all those, uh, karate tournament scenes were done in the, in December. And we actually finished filming, uh, almost all the major stuff on, uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st of 1983. Uh, uh -huh. and then they kind of buckled it all up. And I think they did do a couple other, sh uh, small sh sh shoots, but. After that, it was production, and then you know the movie came out in '84. So, man, that's that's awesome. So, um, now you talked about the beach scene and the soccer scene, and am I am I right that you're no, you were in the background of the original the beach scene where he meets Ali, right? You're in the background, kind of uh, hanging out. Okay, yeah, when they're playing soccer, I'm way out in the background. You, could, you wouldn't even know it was there unless I told okay. you. But I'm yeah. also, you know, the old man on doing this, doing the right, 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 right. right. Well, that's what I was going to say. The big thing was that, if I'm not mistaken, you actually, you actually kind of helped create the cane, grain kick, right? 
Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I was in the soundstage with uh, the writer, uh, Robert Mark Kamen, and the director, John Albinson and, and Pat Johnson. And they're telling me, okay, first of all, they're, they're telling me, okay, you're going to be in this tournament. We're going to have you do these fights. Uh, so we're, we're in the process of like choreographing little fight scenes with different guys and, and then my fight with Johnny. But then they tell me that they're going to use me for this other part, the crane technique. Mm -hmm. um, I said, well, what's a crane technique? Say, well, you're going to stand on one leg because remember the kid gets his leg injured, right? So right. you're going to stand on one leg. You're going to put your arms out to the side. Uh, and I'm like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> yeah. And he's and the writer's like, because that's the train technique. And I'm like, better shut your mouth, you know, do what you told. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, train technique. And so arms out like this, standing up uh, with one leg up. And they say, okay, now we want you to, to jump and kick. Okay, well, they wanted me to jump. Okay, let's say if I'm standing with my left leg up, right? I'm standing with my right leg, my left leg is up. They wanted me to jump kick with my right leg and then land back on my right leg. And so like, uh, you know, if I was to do it, I would do it this way. You know? And so finally, after we, we did it for a while, I convinced them that that's what we call a double jump kick where your knee is up and then you kind mm -hmm. of jump and then kick and then land on the other leg. So if you watch real close, you'll see, oh yeah, he lands on my on the hurt leg and then I switch real quick back into the stance where right. uh, I'm, I'm standing on the right leg. Uh, and then they basically said, okay, well, you got to do something with your hands. Okay. Right. Uh, so I came up with this, which is actually a Wing Chun guard, you know. So use the Wing Chun guard, come down low, stand up tall, do the arm thing, do the kick, end up back here. And mm. so that's the crane technique. Wow. Yeah. So you had a hand in creating what is the most famous, one of the most famous fictional karate moves. Right. I was actually going to ask you, it's funny, I, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about that, this, because I know, like I said, when sometimes when, when we do wrestling, you know, I, I, uh, you'll, there's some choreography obviously involved and we would talk about matches and it, we, there's a lot of time spent when you're talking to somebody where you're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense though. Like that, that wouldn't make sense to do it that way. We do it this way. And I got to think as a, as a black belt, you're sitting there and you're like, this crane kick is not effective. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> First of all, I would never stand on one leg, you know. Right. You know, I would just run at him and push him over. You know? One of the things I I've always wondered, and I don't know what your thoughts are, if you even if you've even thought about this, but if you watch the movies, the first movie, the whole thing that Mr. Miyagi says is that if you do it right, you can't defend it, right? Right. And then he beats Johnny with it. But then in Karate Kid Two, he tries it and chosen easily defends it <laughs> yeah so it was like is he just doing it wrong or you know what what exactly happened there i don't know if you had ever thought about well that. i mean the one thing to, to keep in mind is if you're standing still then you can only use it as a counter attack right you can't mm -hmm. stand on one leg and attack from that position because you got to move forward to attack somebody right so so it has to be a defense so like that's in line with you know defense only but then once somebody comes in at you, I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is just jab that leg and right. get the kickoff, which is what right. Chosen does in Karate Kid 2. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's a myth It's a myth that it can't be defended. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I was just thinking about this logically, but, like, it would make sense because 
I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, but I mean, I guess you could make an argument that Johnny is Cobra Kai, so he's going to strike first and strike hard. So he lunges in and gets popped. Right. Chosen is a Miyagi-Do trainee, so he's more defensive, so that he kind of hesitates, and that's why it doesn't work. But it's silly either way. <laughs> well, plus Chosen knows the technique. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's, that's true. So... Um, now, I, I, it sounds like when you when you're in this movie, I mean, you're not a trained actor, or you didn't really necessarily have an interest in being an actor. Well, I mean, I was interested in becoming the next Bruce Lee. Sure, uh, but sure. I, but I didn't didn't take any acting lessons or acting classes or anything. All my training was was martial arts, and like most martial artists in the movies, you know, they focus on their martial arts and they're terrible actors. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I would have been that too. So I, the reason I ask is because, um, you know, a lot of actors, what they'll do when they have a character is they'll create in their mind an, their own backstory for their guy. Um, did you come up with a, a character backstory for yourself beforehand or were you just like, eh, whatever? No, I, I never did. I, and I never did and never did even after because it just didn't. You know, I never thought about it beyond, you know, I was in this movie and then, oh, look, they came out with another one and they didn't use me. So then it came out <laughs> another one and they didn't use me. So it's like, okay, I was part of the first movie. No, no big deal. Uh, but I never thought of a backstory for Vidal, uh, mm-hmm. except for, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the guy who's playing my instructor uh, is a well-known black. I don't know if you know this, but all those referees and, and people in the background are major uh you know martial arts uh legends a lot of them i i knew that the the head ref was i didn't know that ever johnson yeah. yeah oh i mean if if we go through the tournament i could probably pick out five or six guys who you know just heavily you know have been around forever everybody knows them in the industry in the you know martial arts uh but uh point is is uh i forgot what we were talking about um yeah, well, just a, you created a backstory. Yeah, oh, the, oh, yeah. The backstory is they created a huge backstory uh, in Cobra Kai, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you caught it, but you know, they like you said, they mentioned my name a couple times. But there's also a, one of those episodes. I think it's in season four, uh, where Johnny is actually doing some research on the internet, uh, mm-hmm. and he finds some old articles about you know the All Valley Championship and, and Daniel, and Somebody froze it and took a picture of the news articles. And, and if you read them, there's, there's this whole backstory about Vidal won in 81. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I won, I beat Johnny in 81. And then 82 and 83, I think, you know, I lose to Tommy or blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, so when we get to uh, 84, you know, Johnny and I finished one and one. But, mm. you know, I had never known any of that. And, that- yeah, that's one of the things. I think that's one of the things. If you watch the Cobra Kai series, is what's so impressive, um, is that they really dug deep into the backstories and created, used everybody's characters, Absolutely. really, really rounded out some of those guys. And there are so many Easter eggs that if you're a real fan, you catch. But if you know, if you you can watch the if you if you never watched the first Karate Kid movies. You, you could watch the Cobra Kai and be entertained, but if you're a fan, 
you catch so much stuff. No doubt. And, no doubt. And it's, Especially it's, in the first season. I yeah. think they're just, it's the, you know, each episode is littered with these little cliches and callbacks from, you know, Karate Kid 1, everything from, you know, I can't even think of every every five minutes something, they do something where uh, either it's reminiscent of or it's a line that they use or, you know, somebody spilling spaghetti on somebody else. And, yeah. Uh, it, it, I think that's the genius of especially that first season when, when they yeah. really, really made it. They really tuned it in for, you know, a, a stance from, from way back. Because I I've watched it obviously you know a million times and right. I'm a fan of the movie even though it's you know it's a corny kid movie but whatever <laughs> you know but the thing is is you you mentioned it's a corny kid movie but but it stands the test of time I mean the kid the no kids to, kids today can watch it and get something from it and it's a lot of fun and um, like my kids have all seen it a bunch of times they love it and they've all watched Cobra Kai they all love it and. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I interviewed on another channel I do with a friend of mine. I interviewed Bo Mitchell, who plays kind of the heavier set bully that was with Kyler in the first season. And he mentioned. Oh, yeah. OK. He, he mentioned, he said, on set, they the, the directors and writers would have an iPad with the movies loaded on it. And they'd say, well, he says it here. And they'd go back and watch to make sure that oh. they were getting it right. I mean, they were really serious about doing it. Let me ask you when you when Co when you heard Cobra Kai was coming out, what did you think when you heard the concept? Were you excited about it, or or were you concerned? Uh, definitely not concerned. I was excited about it. I mean, uh, for me, I would I always considered myself, you know, this lucky guy, you know, because I never after the movie came out and I went back to being a normal person. I never really thought, you know. I was an actor or this person. I just happened to be in this movie, you know, so many years ago. And and it was really, you know, 20, 25 years of kind of forgetting about the whole thing until Cobra Kai came back. And then, so, uh, first there were rumors, right? Oh, uh, Will Smith is doing something with, you know, Karate Kid. And then they did, they did the Karate Kid movie with his son. And so it was like, that was kind of like, oh, well, whatever. No, mm -hmm. it's still involved. He's doing something else. Uh, and then, uh, and then, like I said, they contacted me about using it. So I'm like, okay, well, here I am. You know, if you need, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look like Mr. Miyagi now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I never uh, wasn't concerned. I, I mean, I really like what they did with it. And uh, I don't know about this Broadway musical. Oh, there! I didn't even hear about that. Is there a musical coming out? Yeah, they're doing a oh, man. musical. Oh man, yeah. You know, for me, when I first heard about it, and I think what really got me was that, you know, it went to YouTube Red, and and right. I was like, okay, well, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, if this was going to be any good, Netflix or someone would pick it up. So it can't be that great if YouTube's Red's the one who ended up with it, right? And so then I also, you know, I've had, you've seen it. I mean, movies from the eighties, I love eighties movies and they've re they've redone so many of them and done them so poorly right. that I was like, Oh man. And then I heard it was like the guys from hot tub time machine. And I'm like, Oh man, this isn't going to be, you know what I mean? I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. And then I ended up, they did a special, they did a season, they did a, a special premiere where you could go to the theater and watch the original karate kid. And then they would play 
the first two episodes of Karate of right. Cobra Kai, and it was like right. two days before, you know, before it was supposed <laughs> to launch. And I went and watched it, and I was blown away. And and ever since then, I've been, I mean, I've been an original OG Cobra Kai fan from the first day. I was like, this is this is going to be special. And it really has been. And so, um, yeah. So, did you have any? I, I mean, you couldn't have possibly known that this movie was going to become as big as it did. Oh no, no, absolutely not. I had no idea. Thought it was really corny. And <clears throat> I have actually a story. I. Uh, uh, I, I w- set up a meeting with John Albertson, the director, 25 years later, because mm-hmm. I wanted to have a autograph, some stuff that I had, you know, just kind of rekindle. <clears throat> and he was nice enough to meet with me. And I said, do you have any idea that this would, you know, be be what it's become? And he said, not in a million years. No yeah, no. man. So not even him. You know? Yeah, that's so, it's funny how that hits. I actually... I, I just one of my earlier podcasts I just did I did a podcast with Stephen Kyoto who uh, who wrote the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space I don't know if you ever saw that it's the the old, old eight. yeah not a lot of people have but it's a cult classic kind of goofy horror movie and he he said he same thing I mean he created this movie on a whim and he's like I had no idea you know forty years later people would be asking me to come on podcasts to talk about. You know, a movie like that. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I would never consider myself that. And, and, you know, I get called in now. I get asked to go to a Comic-Con or an event, especially with some of the other guys from the Cobra Kai's. And, and, and I'll be there with them and we'll sign autographs and we'll take pictures with everybody. And they people know who Vidal is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Are, you remember me? I was that one guy. Yeah. Well, no, like I said, I mean, you're one of, in my mind, you you are as big a character as uh, as most of the like the the background Cobra Kai guys because you're you're in there. I mean, you you're you're very much portrayed in that in there um, as a legit threat to all the other guys. The only one who who looks like a threat to anybody, and so it's really kind of surprising that uh, all these years later, do you? Um, so, are you? Would you say you're friendly with anybody still from from the? Oh old? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just did an event um, a month ago with Ron Thomas, mm-hmm. who played Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. uh, and he lives near me. So we kind of we play golf, and uh, you know his daughter's is is young, uh, so you know my kids are like adults. <laughs> it's kid right. It's like eight. So we. But we, you know, we do family stuff together. And then uh, Sean Kanan from Karate Kid 3. Yeah. He and I, you know, are good friends. So yeah. we do stuff together. Yeah. I like Sean a lot. He's been on the podcast and he's a, he's oh, a, big, he's a great guy. He is a very good guy. And his books are his books are entertaining. I really like him. He's written a couple of them now. Sure. And so, um, so yeah, what do you, what do you think is, uh, if you were to put your stamp on who, if Vidal was to appear in Cobra Kai, what would you think that your character Vidal would be doing now in the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe? Well, uh, I think the logical thing would be that he uh, continues with Locust Valley and becomes mm-hmm. you know, the Locust Valley sensei uh, and, you know, brings groups to, to compete in the tournament. That's what I would, you know, I think it's the, 
it's kind of true because that's what I did, right? I yeah. training, <laughs> right? Well, teaching, and, and now I've got students. So yeah, yeah. So, do, maybe do that's have, too simple. <laughs> well, do you think? Uh, do you have any? Uh, what are some some memories from recording or filming the show? Uh, any any good stories that you remember from from being on set? Oh uh, well, I'm, you know, if you told if you related something, I'm sure I would think of something. But I think the most memorable uh, thing I can remember is just being so enthralled because you know I wasn't an actor, so getting thrown into Hollywood and all that it is, right? <clears throat> but when we did tournament scenes, uh, it was the most amazing thing because uh, they actually had the grandstands built around the stage, uh, which was, you know, the ring, the, the red ring with the, you know, the fist. <clears throat> they had the state. And then around that, they had eight cameras running. Okay, they had two of them shooting through the stands, uh, then they had a big one on a big crane that they could kind of do these big panning shots. Then they had a guy down here and a slow motion guy there. And and to me, that preparation, you know, have eight cameras running. They're all running film, right? Yeah. And, you know, the director saying, you know, da, 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 and, then you do, and, then, and then we do our choreographed fight. We do it like five, six times over and over again. And people in the stand, it's amazing. It was it's like being a gladiator or something. <laughs> yeah, that man. Was, that's really my uh, my most vivid memory was standing in that, you know, kind of looking around at all these people. And it, it looked like a real tournament. Well, you know, pretty much was. Or all the stands were full. There was no CGI. Uh, right. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so. That's another thing that I think is so magical about 80s and maybe even early 90s film is that you have you you don't have cgi so you have to create these things for real and in you know you go to the movies now and maybe this is just me being kind of an older guy and just back in my day you know but but man everything it almost feels like you're going to an amusement park and just seeing a you know you're seeing another right. uh, you know i just went and saw um ant-man you know the next marvel movie Right. And I look at it, and I'm like, this just looks like every other Star Wars, Marvel, exactly. DC Everything's movie. green screen and wired guys and, and yeah. people flying and, through the air. And it was it was a good I, – I enjoyed it, but I'm just – there's no nuance there. Whereas, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was going and seeing movies that nobody would dream of seeing in the theater today because they're not big-budget THX oh, yeah. movies, you know. Um and, and Karate Kid's one of those where it's just a good story, a good film, and and great, you know, great acting. I mean, was there somebody there that – were you starstruck by anybody uh, while you were there? I'm sure I was. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> it's funny because, first of all, all the kid actors, you know, Ralph and all the Cobra guys, I'd never heard of them. So right, they weren't right. – it's like, okay, you guys are the stars of this movie, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's, called, it's, it's called the Karate Kid. Uh, so the, only, the only person that I knew was was uh, Pat Rita, and he uh -huh. was was uh, Arnold from Happy Days, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, 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 I got to 
admit, I, I wasn't really starstruck except for meeting people like Jerry Weintraub. Right. Uh, you know, these people who I, who I know, uh, and then even, <clears throat> you know, uh, Fubio Demera, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he was the other, uh, he did all the stunts for Mr. Miyagi's fight scenes. And he was a legend even back then. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I just saw him this last weekend. He's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, meeting him was one of the highlights of the whole experience because, you know, he, he was already a legend and he still is. And uh, you know, I was this little little uh, black belt kid, you know, who was, was there with him. Yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. Now, um, did you get an opportunity at all to do anything in any other movies? Um, well, I did. I got called into a casting call for another movie uh, where they needed a Hawaiian guy. Mm. Uh, and the movie was called North Shore. Mm. Uh, but they found a guy locally, and so that blew up. And after that, <laughs> there, was, there was nothing after that. Oh okay. Oh yeah. wow. So that was your your one uh, your one shot into into Hollywood. What? Exactly. So so as you're you've been in a movie now. What kind of do you, are you a martial arts movie guy or what, what do you like watching? Uh, uh, okay. So I read a lot, and so I, you know my whole genre of reading is you know techno thrillers, Tom Clancy style, you know mm. all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I also like that in movies. I'm not a big superhero guy, you know. I I, I watch some of you know the MCU, and uh, but it's like you know Ant Ant Man. It's like, yeah, it's just uh, and it's a little tiring. And Avatar, I don't get into it, you know. So, so yeah. those aren't aren't my kind of movies. Uh, martial arts movies, I'm very picky, uh, mm. you know. So some of them, no interest, you know. Crouching mm. Tiger, Hidden Dragon, never saw it. Really? You yeah, never, you, so. you didn't, you weren't interested never in wanted that? to. No, no. Wow. Fly, flying through the air and a love story. With, uh, and did you like it? Like uh, they did Hero after that? Did you, did you never watch any it. of those? Really? Never saw it. Wow. That was Jet Li though, right? Yeah, yeah. Jet Li did Hero. Yeah. Or do you not like Jet Li? Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm a big fan of his, his martial arts uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. But I never really got into his movies, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you'd think I would go and see all the martial arts movies. I think that there, there are several significant things that happened in martial arts movies over the past 20 years. In fact, I like to, to talk about what I think uh, some of the most like revolutionary things that happened in the martial arts movies. But <clears throat> a lot of the more popular ones I didn't never even really got into, like... Uh, uh, Jackie Chan, you know, here's a mm-hmm. great martial artist, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like his movies because they were always comedic, you know, and he's yeah. always kind of silly, you know. Yeah, he would beat people up and then get his, you know, get his face kicked in and be silly about it. So it's like I, I didn't really yeah. get into that, you know. But yeah. he's a phenomenal martial artist. Sure, sure. So, what do you, What about? Uh, are you a Steven Seagal guy or a John Claude Van Damme guy? Okay, so let's let's talk about that because <laughs> struck a chord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they both they both have their their place, right? But I think that uh, Above the Law, oh Steven yeah, Seagal's first movie is one of the best uh, uh, martial arts movies. Uh, one that highlights Aikido, which never really was was shown before. Uh, 
but also that here was a really the first time a martial arts movie dealt with guns yeah effectively you know mm -hmm. usually if they have guns nobody can shoot anybody nobody everybody misses <laughs> and they shoot you know 500 rounds uh so uh, steven seagal did a great job of being that cia guy who you know can can could de defend from uh you know from guns plus he could shoot so he had good skills uh and uh <clears throat> and so and then john claude uh you know i saw kickboxer once uh, and, uh, you know, his acting was so bad that I couldn't get over it. Uh, and so <laughs> is that the one I, with the terrible dance scene? I think that's the kickboxer. Oh, sure right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. You know, I think the no, blood sport was the one I was talking about. The first one. Yeah. Blood sport. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blood sport. So, you know, he's great. Again, he's a great martial artist. He's very flexible, great kicks, uh, but to never liked any of his stuff. Wow. Uh, Okay. So, uh, so Steven Seagal, first couple of movies I thought were great. I, you know, I, what I have is I consider it what has good, you know, good violence, uh, mm -hmm. and above yeah. the law to, to me had good violence. And then his second one, I think it was like hard to kill or something like yeah. that also was carrying over some of the same stuff, but then yeah, it started, it started going down. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was, yeah. he was this crazy guy. And, I, I agree with you on Steven Seagal. Cause those, I remember those two movies. I was still really young. My, maybe I'm commenting on my, on my parents and why I am the way that I am, but they let me watch that stuff when I was a kid and, uh, and above the law, I was, I loved martial arts movies. I, even the movies like, um, uh, what was the one that was five on five? I, I own a copy of it, but I can't remember. There, um, it was like a tournament and there were five of them and they were all Americans. They're fighting somebody else. I can't remember that one, but American Ninja, you know, they did the American Ninja series, yeah. you know? Um, so I used to watch all those movies and uh and i agree with you on steven seagal you know above above the law and hard to kill were pretty good and then there was a steep drop off after that and it just kept getting worse and yeah. I, think john, I think john claude did the same thing even though you don't like the, his movies i think blood sport was really great kickboxer was really great and he did like universal soldier which was a completely different type of movie and yeah. then they just kind of started tapering yeah, down in yeah. fact i don't i don't even know I know the difference between Bloodsport and Kickboxer, they aren't they? Those are two separate movies. The, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Bloodsport is all about the the Kumite fight, the Kumite, you know, the, yeah. the, the Kumite or whatever the tournament tournament, and then uh, and Kickboxer is about him and his brother. His brother is a kickboxer, and they go to Thailand, and he's fighting a Muay Thai fighter and gets just demolished by this Muay Thai fighter. And then the rest of the, the rest of the movie is about John Claude Van Damme's character training in movie tie to fight this movie tie fighter. and that guy's the one he had this he had a he had a bald head with like a long ponytail and he would yeah a ponytail around i know that guy uh what's his name uh uh well, yeah i know who you're talking about yeah yeah so that was that yeah so that was that that one and um uh did you ever see the movie just curious because you're with we've seen karate kid did you ever see the movie never back down it was like early. Uh, I know of it. I know of it. I did not see it. Yeah. Oh, That's well, what I you, mean, I, you'd think I would go see all those movies, but I haven't seen it. Well, you, yeah, save your two hours because it wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was trying to be. It was like, it was like it was trying to be the MMA equivalent to the Karate right. Kid, and okay. so I remember I was teaching a Sunday school class at church, and these kids were like, "You got to watch Never Back Down," and I watched it. I was like, "I don't need to see this. I saw the Karate Kid. It's the same movie." <laughs> 
<laughs> so, <laughs> um, but anyway, well, so so now, so now, I mean, look, you've, you've been training people for what forty years now. Is that that right? Uh, yeah, forty plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you you see yourself still still doing this? Uh, I just I just don't see how it ends until I fall over. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I I spar every Tuesday night. Not as not as aggressively as I used to, but I still do. Uh, you know, uh, you know, train with my. I'm one of these guys. One, and I, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody, but I won't allow myself to be one of those fat karate guys. So, try to, <laughs> try to stay trim. You know, try to. I do everything I ask my students to do. I do all the push-ups, all the calisthenics, all the shorties. So yeah, I try to maintain that you know i still want to be that badass karate guy you know right so, well that's the slip well i'll tell you what man it, trying to trying to keep that keep that fit is is tough i'm a, i'm right in the middle of a cut right now and it's not pretty <laughs> lifting weights and doing all that stuff so i so i hear you well i appreciate your time i have a few questions that i ask everybody and uh, sure. i want to i want to ask them to you what would you say would be your number one your, your, your most, your number one success in life? Uh, well, I, it's an easy one. It's family. You know, I have, I have four wonderful kids. I have four great grandkids. I mean, four grandkids, uh, yeah. where with my wife for 37 years. So, you know, I think that's definitely where I've been most successful. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah. I have, I have, I have four children. How, what is the makeup of the kids? Uh, two boys and then two girls. Oh wow! Yeah, so I have boy, girl, girl, boy. Okay. And uh, two are yeah. married, two are still single, and you know the the girls are from my oldest son, and the, the boy grandkids are from my oldest daughter. So yeah, I'm just blessed. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, I love just just an aside. My kids are still younger. You know, they they range from sixteen to nine, and it's probably my favorite age right now to see them kind of come into their own it's oh, just absolutely it's amazing and it's it's so fun to watch these kids because they they become they're like it's like you're not dealing with one person throughout that time it's like they're all these different people as they grow right up. and uh, and then one day you blink and you're like when did you become a young man oh, you know i mean i mean look where i'm at i know i think my kids are basically twice your kids age but I think it's not until you have the second kid where you realize that they're completely different individuals. So you're oh. like me. We have four kids, right? Four different, completely different individuals with with all the bad habits and nuances that you and your wife brought to the whole equation, right? Mm-hmm. And that you can actually pick out characteristics, right? It is. I, I think that is the most amazing thing. And now with grandkids, I can you can pick out. Oh, you know, she is like we were, or she is like him, or you know, the, yeah. I think it's the the most uh, man, just fulfilling thing is to have that type, you know, the, you know, uh, to look at, you know, your family and, and their kids and all that kind of stuff. I was actually just having this conversation with my son, who's you know he's sixteen and he's got quite the the teenage attitude, and uh, and he's funny because he he asked me one time we were coming back from a basketball game and he goes you know dad uh, you don't get on my my second daughter's name is Lexi so you don't get on Lexi the way you get on me 
you know, I don't understand why. Why don't you go hard on her like you go on me? And I go, well, I have to go hard on you. Because if I go, if I don't go hard on you and don't pound it into your head, you're not going to get it. And I was like, but her, if I look at her wrong, she's going to cry. You know, <laughs> she can't handle it. And I was like, now your other sister, my older daughter, I was like, I could hold a gun to her head and say, I'm going to pull the trigger if you don't clean your room. And she just say, pull the trigger. You know, it's just, I was like, so they're, they're all, you're all so different. And it's, it is funny to watch. You could, you could raise them the same way. And the other thing you brought up two kids, you know, when you notice they're different. I remember, I was just thinking about this earlier today. I remember when I had my, my, my daughter was about to be born and I had this weird, it sounds so stupid now, but I was like, how am I possibly going to love this, this child the way I love my son? You know, I was like, I can't, I, I'm going to have to split the love, you know? And then when, as soon as she came, I realized, oh, it expands. Yeah. It's it's not, that's not even an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it expands that I'm going to be okay. So I asked that question. The next one, uh, what, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, you know, I told you I have a regular job. I had my own business. So I, I think my biggest failures have been, uh, you know, success, long-term success on some of the businesses that I started. You know, they, mm. for whatever reason, be it circumstantial or my own lack of, uh, you know, initiative or stick to this that they didn't stick around and, uh, you know, rip, uh, net me millions of dollars you know so <laughs> right so it so, would so struggle along like a lot of people well but you know what though there's uh there's beauty in that struggle you know i mean no, no doubt you know i i've I, what i like about that though is you said businesses you didn't try one time and it didn't work out so you gave up you tried you've tried a bunch of things and that's yep. you know you don't quit you, you just need to be right one time you know, you right. I'm still working on it too. Yeah, yeah, but you never, you never know, right? I mean, for all we know, Daryl Vidal could get the call for Cobra Kai season six, and the next <laughs> thing you know, he's finally discovered, and then they do a reboot, and you're in the, you're the new well, Mr. Miyagi. You never there know. There you well, go. Well, I just want to know if that. I just want to say when that happens, okay? Edlo podcast, you heard it here first. I get the excuse okay. of when it happens, okay? All right. La- so, last question I, I'm going to ask you. Um, so. We all are going to have a day when we pass away. And when we do, there's a funeral and uh, there's a eulogy. And what would be the one thing that you hope somebody said in your eulogy? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like these type of exercises because they seem self-indulgent, you know. Uh-huh. They seem borderline narcissistic. And anytime <laughs> people talk to me about, oh, when, when I go or, you know, I hope this, I always kind of say, you know what? Put me in a pine box and bury me in the backyard. I, I, just, <laughs> I just don't like to think about it. But, uh, you know, to, but to answer the question, I think, uh, you know, that I, I touched a lot of lives, you know, or something like that. It helped a lot of people in their, in their own struggle, you know. That's, yeah. That's all I can think of. You know, you know, what's interesting about that is that, um, you know, you, if you've been training for 40 years, training other people for 40 plus years, I bet you have no idea 
how much of an impact and you may never know how much of an impact you had you probably i mean you there's probably some people there that you generationally impacted their lives so i i do have some some great examples just to yeah in line with what you're talking about uh yeah because 40 years i i just recently saw one of my former students one of my first black belts he got his black belt with me when he was 14 years old trained with me for another 10 years moved away uh now he lives his own life became a doctor you wow. know and it's his oh and and his parents whenever i just bumped into his parents a couple months ago and, uh, they say things like you know you had such an impact and, you know every everything that he's accomplished we we feel that you had a part in so there's a lot of families uh where i have this where you know the kids they grown up with me and they know me i have one family that has three kids uh they all trained with me even the parents for a while all three of the kids got their black belt from me uh they've all married now and have their own kids and and the son brian is still teaching with me he started when he was five wow he's 30 he's 35 now and his two nine-year-old boys are in my class that's awesome yeah that's, there's that's, even more to that but it is that, that's got to feel good it you does. know that's awesome well listen uh grandmaster daryl vidal i i this is this is what's cool about having a podcast is that I don't know any other medium short of me going to a Comic-Con that you were there and me asking for your autograph. That wouldn't even compare to the experience I've had being able to talk with you for an hour. It's it's really meant a lot to me that you took time out of your day to come and talk sure. to me about this. Love it. And uh, you know, let's uh, you know, let's keep in contact and let's have you back. Absolutely. Maybe maybe for a you know, after Cobra Kai comes out, we'll we'll do a review or something and talk about it. So sure. So it. let me plug my stuff. You know, if uh, if uh, first of all, I, I didn't mention it to you, but uh, I have written several books myself. Oh uh, well, tell me about them. Well, I mean, I don't want to go on and on, but because because yeah. a lot of, a lot of them are in my my career, which is technology and education. So okay. if you were to go to Amazon and just type in my name. You'll see a majority of my books, seven of them at least, are about education and technology. Then I have a couple other books that, that I've written. Uh, but uh, so books are out there. Uh, my uh, website for my professional life is actually t4c.tech, if you want to look that up, t4c.tech. Uh, my Facebook is Vidal Kempo. If anybody wants to join me there, I can. I usually am very accessible. And then on Instagram, it's at Rock Breaker Boy. It's kind of silly, but that's my. Yeah. Handle. I love. I love it. I love it. That's how I got a hold of you. See, that's there. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Are you on? Are you on Twitter or anything like that too? Uh, I have an account, but I don't use Twitter. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So basically, Facebook, Instagram, and then and looking up your books. That's right. Well. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And we'll definitely have you back. I appreciate and, it. I and, appreciate uh, your time. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to this, subscribe to the podcast. we got another, we got a bunch of more interesting stuff coming up and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay.